Good morning. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellums. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Heim. You have, a, you have go- any cannonballs with you? Cannonballs? Yeah. No, fresh out. Oh, rats. So uh, Brian Tristan Williams from Johannesburg, South Africa, mm-hmm. wrote us uh, part of the solution for last week's puzzle. It actually uh, involves cannonballs. was kind of a nice observation. that He's from Johannesburg, South Africa? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Thanks for listening. Okay. So uh, last week's puzzle was uh, we have a sequence of numbers, mm-hmm. and each time we get the next number by averaging all the previous numbers and then right. multiplying by some fixed constant. Right. Say, right. Oh, yes, when yes, it was yes. One, one. One, 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 one. Right. When we multiplied by two, we got the counting numbers, one, right. two, three, four, right. five. Uh, when we multiplied by three, we got this strange sequence, uh, one, um, one, three, six, ten, uh, 15, 21, mm-hmm. and so on. And you wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, what was going on. And it's remarkably beautiful. It really is. And, and, I, and we got some proofs. People sent us what was happening. Uh, we got some observations. But I still don't really have a real simple explanation for why this works. So we, can, we know we can prove it, mm-hmm. but it's not clear what... So the sequence one 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 one. That's pretty obvious. Okay, we know that one. And uh, a one multiplied by itself is still one. Right. Uh, the sequence one two three four five obviously is the counting numbers, mm-hmm. and we can see why the next number would be if we average sure. all the previous numbers and then multiply by two. It's like you take all the previous numbers and you can sort of uh, take the middle. The midpoint of those, and that's going to be the average, exactly. and then we double it, right. and we're one past that. I mean, that's yeah. a very simple explanation, sure. really. Uh, the next set of numbers is actually the triangular numbers, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. They're the number of numbers. You got some pennies? Actually, I do not. We'll just pretend it's okay. radio. Right. So if we have some pennies and we start making triangles out of uh, you know little circular objects, sure. So the first we'd first make a okay one penny. That's not mm-hmm. very interesting. If we make put down three pennies, we can make a little triangle sure. with a little pyramid. Tape. If we have uh, four pennies, then we would have uh, sorry. Okay, if we have three pennies. We can put down one and two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, got a little pyramid there. If we put down uh, six pennies, we can have three, two, and one. Right, like a bowl. That's when you're bowling. Oh yeah, it's that's one, two, ten three, pennies. Four. Right, right, and ten, ten pins, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So and those then fifteen, and then 15, twenty-one. 21. I that's see where that's going. Right, and notice too that uh, it's the sum of the numbers on the previous row. Like, I mean, on the previous right. answer, the previous sequence is one, two, three, four, five, and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, those. When you sum those up, we get the answers to the right. the next sequence. Well, the next one might be the cannonball sequence. We might call it that. Like you're stacking cannonballs? Yeah, so you stack one cannonball. So, That's right. really interesting. Then you're going to have like three under it to, to then, give it balance. And right. under that, and it just grows and grows and grows into this three-dimensional pyramid. That's right. So let's say if we have a, a set of a triangle with four pyramids on a side on the bottom mm-hmm. and then a triangle with three, pyramid, mm-hmm. uh, three cannonballs, right. two, one. And that would be the, we might call it the tetrahedral number. We might call it that. We might. And then the next <laughs> like one the actually turns out to be, well, I bet I know you don't have uh, four-dimensional cannonballs Not, in the studio. No, but whatever no. the analogy would be. In the new be. building, perhaps. So the next. <laughs> but not here. <laughs> Did you ask the donors for enough funding <laughs> yeah, for that? Yeah. Well, there's another connection, which is uh, it's exactly the same answer, but it's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, many people wrote in with this, is that it's very closely related to Pascal's triangle. Which, Which we have mentioned cool. before. Yeah. So um, many, I think, 
many of our listeners will be familiar with this. We write down, say, the number one, mm-hmm. and then below it we write one one. So that the, 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 the top one is kind of in the middle of the two ones below. That's it. right. And now each row we get by adding, we, we, we're going to make row after row after row, and each entry on the next row will be the sum of the two entries above it. So the next row will have one, and then remember in the second row it was one one, so that'll be one plus one is two, mm-hmm. and then we'll have one. So the next, the third row will be one, two, one. The next row after that will be one. Then three. 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 three and one. One, four, six, four, one. you're adding. Now, there's all kinds of amazing things about Pascal's triangle, and they're not really that hard to explain. For example, one of the things that's pretty cool is that if you add up all the rows, all the entries on a given row, they'll add up to a power of two. Successive mm-hmm. powers of two. So the first row adds up to one, the next row to two. And four. Four. And eight. One plus three plus three plus one is eight, yeah. And so we can guess 16 and right. so on. That's pretty neat. That is it? Well, the thing is, the answer to our averaging problem is exactly if we take Pascal's triangle and turn it on its side and look down the diagonals. Mm-hmm. So, um, Remember, the first sequence was 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. That's just like if we read right down the edge of Pascal's triangle. And the next sequence was 1, 2, 3, 4. That's just as if we read down right. the next row. Next diagonal, 1, 3, 6, 10, 15, and so on. That's the next diagonal, 1, 4, uh, So 10. you're having those same patterns that we were seeing. Yeah, it's hmm. exactly the same sequences. And this is actually what you can use. The thing is, I don't really have any real insight into why, um, I mean, these particular numbers are the averages of you know the previous bunch. We've got a few centuries. No, 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 no. But so, it's it's easy enough to prove it. I mean, because sure there's a formula but, for fairly simple formulas for this. But what I really would like is just a one sentence thing that I can say on the radio and and people will say, oh yeah, that's really smart. Instead of you know something that has a bunch of notation and you know. Yeah. But uh, so write in Some, if you <laughs> if you know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this, the Pascal's triangle has a lot of interesting uh, things. Remember we talked about Galton's quincux, quincux, the thing where you drop yes. the little balls yes. down? Yes, yes, Well, that's actually very closely related to Pascal's triangle. And in the following way, you can see it. If you plot, make a little bar graph of the entries on a given row, as you go further and further down, you'll have more and more entries, and it'll actually more and more closely mimic the bell curve, exactly oh. the bell curve. Wow. And in fact, these, all the biggies today. Yeah, these numbers here are exactly the expected number of little balls that would fall through in the quincux. And it's easy to see why. If you, like, let's take a look at this row here. It was 1, 4, 6, 4, 1. Why did this number turn out to be 6? Well, if you think about it, it was counting the number of ways you could start up here mm-hmm. and then zigzag your way down to that entry. Because Like Plinko. Exactly like Plinko. Which is what exact- I call your... Quincunx, yes. Yeah, which I didn't know that word yeah. three months ago. But <laughs> yeah, so the sixth, re- the reason it was six is that, well, there were three ways to reach the previous entry on the left and three ways to pre- reach the previous entry on the right, six ways to get there. Well, why were there three ways to re- get there? Because there were two ways to get to this one, the one above that, and one way to get to the one above on the right, and so forth. In other words, we can just sort of. Right say that you know yeah. you can kind of work your way down and and these numbers here are exactly counting. Well there's one more final connection which is why is this 6 well if we said it was the number of ways of reaching that entry by sort of zigzagging through Pascal's triangle mm-hmm. it's also exactly the number of ways of making a certain number of right turns and left turns as you do the zigzagging. 
Hmm. What these are counting is exactly the number of ways of saying having, if you're going to make, say, 10 steps to get to the 10th row, and you want to get to the fourth entry, you want to have a total of 10 steps where you have four rights and six lefts, say. It's exactly the number of ways of choosing, of making, say, choosing four things out of 10, which four things are going to be. So these are, uh, these. another thing about the Pascal's triangle is that these are all counting the number of ways of choosing, making choices of certain kinds. So when I was lost in downtown Memphis last week and I was taking lefts and rights trying to get back to the hotel, yeah, I was that like, I could have fascinating been, I could have been doing Pasquale's Triangle that's and right. didn't you even probably realize it. Were. That's and why that's probably so how I got back to the hotel eventually. Oh, wait, one last thing. Yes. We're on a Pascal's Triangle kick. Oh, yes. Check out this cool picture here. There's something called Serpinski's Triangle. Also called the Serpinski Gasket or the Serpinski Sieve is a fractal named after the Polish mathematician Wachlaw Sierpinski, who described it in 1915. And you see it's made of triangles that are made up into larger triangles and wow. larger triangles. Or you could go smaller and smaller triangles. Wow. Well, the cool thing is if you take Pascal's triangle and you shade in all of the odd-colored entries mm-hmm. and leave the even entries unshaded, mm-hmm. guess what? Well, you can probably you tell. You get Sierpinski's triangle. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is. So people can try that out. So basically, if you re, you know, you've hit another level of math uh, history. If you can get a triangle named after you, well, we need the Goodman-Strauss triangle. <laughs> we'll work on. <laughs> okay. Well, we got some time. That's pretty cool. Okay. It's all related. It is. That's what's really cool about math. And, and what I like is that you don't have to have the one sentence. You know, that might make right. it nice and neat, but you don't have to well, have I'd that. I really kind of like. I know that. you would, but I, I'm okay with not having it. So. Um, I guess people are getting out their holiday lights, their Christmas lights. You bet. It's a you real bet. pain because they're always tangled up. Oh, yeah. They never – you put them back. And many of those boxes come with the, the little grids that when yeah. you're uh, – like on January 2nd or if oh, yeah. you're me, March 3rd, and you're putting them up, you're All wrapping right. them up, they're supposed to come out nice. You put them back in the box? You shove them in a bag? I So it would be kind of nice to know, um, you know, which plugs attach to which right. thing. So here's a little puzzle. Okay. Holiday it's puzzle. A, it's sort of inspired by – Actually, it's from uh, Mathematical Mindbenders by Peter Winkler. Ah, we've talked to Peter Winkler before. before. And actually, he doesn't really cast it in terms of holiday light. So it's just making but stretching. But the season. Right. Okay. Here's how Peter says it. Okay. And I'll just quote him directly. Okay. And this is from the book Mathematical Mindbenders right. by Peter Winkler. So 50 identical wires run through a tunnel under the Hudson River, mm-hmm. but they all look the same. And you need to determine which pairs of wire ends belong to the same wire. To do this, you can tie pairs of wires together at the west end of the tunnel and test pairs of wire ends at the east end to see if they close a circuit. In other words, you can determine whether two two wires are tied together at the other end. And so here's the question with a remarkable answer. How many trips across the Hudson do you have to make to determine? Okay. And so uh, email your answer to? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Mathfactor at urk.edu, or you can visit the website. And if you know... What's going on with the uh, previous puzzle? Let us know. And if, you know, tell us of another triangle. We've talked about a couple. I'm sure there are other triangles in the math world. <laughs> there are. There's. <laughs> well, send us one. Send us your favorite <laughs> math triangle. Thanks, Scott. Isosceles does not count. I'm Goodman Strauss as a math professor at the University of Arkansas.